This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys and welcome to episode 170 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. We're upon the Halloween season. We are that. We got so much stuff for you guys this week. And an extra snort from Ninja <laughs> saying happy Halloween. And a partridge in a pear tree. So... <laughs> This week, we've got the episode tonight. It's Sunday. Wednesday is our first midweek episode. We have uh, appropriately called them midweek episodes. Did you think that all by yourself? Uh, all by my lonesome. All by yourself. Yeah, it's probably trademarked somewhere, but, you know, I like to live on a dangerous side. Hey, you so, anyways, we, we got that coming on Wednesday. We've got Thursday is Halloween. We have our huge halloween episode coming out it's hoogie it's like over three and a half hours long and i think there's 15 or 16 podcasters on it mm-hmm. all kinds more to even than we could even begin to name here so that's coming out and then if you're a patreon supporter we have a listener story episode comes out on the first so there literally will be Sunday episode, a Wednesday episode, a Thursday, and possibly a Friday episode if you're a Patreon supporter. Nice. And then we're right back into Sunday again. And then you'll be like, I'm sick of hearing these people. I am. We got all of our uh, You new... are? You're sick of hearing? I'm sick of hearing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, we got all of our new live shows set up. There's a couple we're tweaking because we didn't notice that they were like on uh, Easter weekend and Mother's Day weekend, so we're adjusting the dates. But most of them, all the tickets by the end of next week will be up for sale on the website. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. We'll uh, tell you a little more about those later. But um, I'm ready to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you so much for what you do. Amen. Thank you, guys. I know the holidays are coming up, and it's going to be hard for you all. Um, just don't think we've forgotten about you because we never do. We still pray for you guys every day and thank you for keeping us safe. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, we, we talk about this not often enough in the specifics, but you know, 22 people in the military commit suicide every day. Yeah. And that's, um, it's very alarming. It's very disturbing. I understand why they get in those situations to where, they see so much stuff and there's so much pressure on them that maybe they feel like there's not a way out. But uh, we just need to all keep praying for them and keep pushing to let them know. If you know somebody who's in the military, make sure you reach out to them this weekend and just let them know that, hey, if you ever need to talk, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're available. And uh, if you're listening to us in the military, please know that we're available to you anytime. Please write. Please call. Please text. Uh, if not, and you're 
Uh, Want to use the suicide hotline? Understand that too. 1-800-273-8255. If you're more of a texter, 741-741. All right. We are going to uh, knock this episode out. It's a little bit early. We've been using this story for our live shows. We're doing this story tomorrow night for our last live show of the year. And by the time this comes out, the live show would have already been over, so nobody's heard it. So, But, <laughs> but we're, we're not going to have time Saturday and Sunday because we're going to a, uh, an Indianapolis Colts game. Mm-hmm. That was my birthday present from back in August. I finally mm-hmm. get to use it. And... Then we're doing a special Halloween show in Bartstown for them guys up at the, at the uh, Talbot Tavern. So Yeah, can't wait for that. It's supposed to be a monsoon. That should be fun. You know what? I'm over these monsoons. <laughs> I can take a little rain, but I can't take a torrential downpour. So this story is, I think, one of the better stories that we've done. And every time we've done it at one of the live events, we've had somebody come up to us, usually the other podcasters. Mm-hmm. I know Nick from Ohio came up. After we did this in Point Pleasant, and he was like, you know, normally uh, these stories don't freak me out, but that one. So that shows you that. And then uh, uh, Dina came up to us after the Philadelphia show and said that she thought this was a great story. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you guys get to hear it now, finally, after everybody else has been hearing it for months. All right. This is a story that I knew very little about before I started research, and I actually stumbled across it. But it's called the San Pedro Poltergeist. And we, every time we do this at one of the live shows, we ask who all's heard of it. And we've had one person that, during all the shows raise their hand and say they've heard it before. Mm-hmm. So it's it really is kind of an unknown. So like I said, it's one of those little stories that I love to run across. And I also love that this happened within the last 20 years, which is definitely rare of most of these cases. Because all of them seem like they happened in the mm-hmm. 40s or 50s and 60s and the 70s. And that's where it stops. It's like yeah. nothing happened after the 70s. Right. So the focus of our story is going to be a 23-year-old single mom by the name of Jackie Hernandez. Now, she was living in L.A., and she moved to San Pedro after she left her husband. As you can imagine, this left her, you know, being alone and everything. It, it left tons of stress on her. You know, she's leaving a husband. She's moving to a different city. And let's not even mention the fact that she's working several jobs just to try to make ends meet. Oh, yeah, and she's also pregnant. Did I mention that? Oh, man. <laughs> this That's is her She's pregnant with her second child. You put all these things together, and the environment is ripe for paranormal activity. So some of these accounts of poltergeist activity that we talked about were relatively short as far as time goes. Some of them, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe even a month, and it's usually about it. This case definitely is not the norm because it lasts for over three years. Now that's a long time to have to deal with something. It is. So not only that, it would happen in multiple homes that in some cases were hundreds of miles apart. Oh my gosh, so this thing followed her wherever she went? Pretty much. So it definitely wasn't a haunted house. <laughs> no, it was all on her. Did I mention that Jackie actually had two violent poltergeists that were haunting her life? each with a different reason for trying to destroy her. What kind of luck does she have? Pretty bad luck. So Jackie's one of these rare people that an entity will actually follow and feed off of their energy no matter where they go. So Jackie's experiences, like most, started off pretty small. Just some spooky little things that kind of make you question life, like 
There's all kind of noises. Is he asleep? He's trying to go to sleep. Look how sweet he is. Aww. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> Jackie was having these little things that would make you question, uh, question yourself, like, didn't I turn a light off in the other room? Or I thought I took my shoes off in this room, but yet mm-hmm. they're in that room. Or why is there an aardvark in the kitchen? <laughs> I was behind, I was with you on all that, but the aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the aardvark part job. So that didn't really come into play. <laughs> so she like started hearing this high pitched screeching sound, and it was coming from inside the walls. Oh my god! It's a rat. It was not a rat. Oh my think. god! Move. She she would also hear these things moving around inside the attic. One night, she was in the kitchen cooking dinner and uh, probably trying to avoid the aardvark. Yeah. Her friend, Susan Costanda, no relation to George. I bet they are. (laughs) Was in there. And this was one of her friends that that lived next door. So she came over there and they were just kind of sitting in the kitchen talking to each other. Susan often watched her kids for her. So mm-hmm. she was not just, you know, a friend, but she was also a babysitter. So they had, nice. a, they had a tight bond, so mm-hmm. to speak. So they're in the kitchen. They both see several orbs of light just start floating through the room. But Jackie grabs a camera. She's going to snap a picture of it. Just as she starts to snap a picture, she sees this puny elderly man's face looking back at her through the window. Aww. It kind of freaked her out, to say the least. So she rushes outside to have a look and and see what the hell's going on, but there's nobody there when she gets outside. One thing I can say about Jackie, she was not afraid to take matters into her own hand. How many women you know would have just ran outside when she seen a man peering in there? Well, I mean, no, but I guess she's kind of gotten used to it, so she figures she's going to have to... Well, there was nothing happening at this point. This was the story. I mean, she was used to her husband leaving her and stuff. Mm -hmm. Which, in, in all... Fairness, because we really didn't mention this. Her husband was supposed to be abusive and everything, which is why she left. She kind of had to flee with the kid and her pregnancy. Oh, he's a jerk. Just because. So anyways, while we're we're getting ready to get right back into him, it's what made me think about it. So she calls her husband, ex-husband, and she tells him what's going on. He said that she should pull a Zach Bagans and call the ghost out. (laughs) She had no clue how to even start doing this. So her friend Susan said, hey, let's talk to the landlord, because that's what you do with a landlord. You oh, say, yeah. i got a rusty pipes, uh-huh. and, and I've got a poltergeist, and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And that's what landlords do. They fix stuff. That's right. It's probably in the rental agreement. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So anyway, she talks to, talks to the land, landlord, and she fills him in on what's going on. He suggested, suggested that she brings in a priest to do a cleansing or maybe even an exorcism. Mm-hmm. This definitely did not go as Jackie planned. So the priest comes out, he checks the place out, and he tells her that, hey, I got some good news and some bad news. No. Oh. The good news is your place isn't haunted. Nice. The bad news is you're possessed by the devil. What? That's what he told The her. heck? I told you it was a rat. And that was not the end of the bad news, because the next day, guess who came knocking on the door? Who? Child Protective Services. Oh, no. The priest had called them because they believed that with the stories that she was given, that she had to be on some kind of hallucinogenic drugs. 
And with her being pregnant, they were obviously concerned about the baby that's on its way and concerned about the child that was already living in the home. So things are just starting to happen to her, and she's already just starting to believe that she can't speak up to anybody. No, she can't catch a break. A few months pass, and of course, things continue to just get worse. The activity is stronger. She has her baby, and she's thinking that maybe this will calm stuff down. Mm -hmm. Instead, it just made the intensity stronger. Oh, because there's new blood in the house. I guess. So one summer morning, she runs over to Susan's house, her neighbor. She's in a complete panic. She said she heard a raspy breathing sound, so she started following it through her house. And she went into the bedroom of her son's, and the the ghoulish old man, the one that was in the window that night, Mm. was sitting Mm. in the corner of the room beside her boys. Holy mackerel. She said he was just kind of staring at her with glaring red eyes. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. She also tells Susan about these sounds that she had been hearing in the attic. Now, this was only the beginning. Earlier that day, she had come home from the grocery store, and she had her refrigerator with those little uh, magnet magnetic letters on them. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Like little yeah. alphabets that would stick on you. Mm-hmm. The letters spelled out, get the hell out. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> Now he's just a smartass. She says there was no sign of any kind of break-in. There was nothing out of place other than the letters being touched. So after this day, everything would kick up a notch, like Emerald. Jackie claims that red blood, or at least a red blood-like substance, would start to ooze from the walls while she was in the kitchen. And this started to happen so much to the point that she would routinely find herself and just standing in puddles of blood when she was in the kitchen. Damn, that would really pee me off. Yes, it would. That would be hard to clean up every single day gone time. <laughs> it would be like, well, the, the burgers here must be fresh. I think she slaughtered a cow in here oh, earlier. Oh, <laughs> God. So she said objects would also start flying around the room, making her question her sanity. Her friend Susan suggested that she called famed paranormal investigator Dr. Barry Taft. Now, Dr. Taft gained... His uh, his fame by basically being the head man on the Doris Bithers case in the 1970s. Okay. And we discussed Doris on one of our shows earlier. She was the case that the movie The Entity was based off of. Mm-hmm. And if you remember in that case, he actually stayed with her for like weeks at a time. Yeah. And had tapes and tapes and tapes of recordings and all this stuff. So that's where he got his fame from. Susan tells him that Jackie is afraid to go back in her house and that he needs to grab a crew and get out there ASAP. Now, I don't know how she knows Mr. Taft. Uh-huh. I don't know if she uh, had just read about him somewhere and contacted him or a friend of a family. I don't know mm-hmm. where the connection was to make her call him. So Taft brought his good friend, an accomplished cameraman by the name of Barry Conrad with him. He also brought a photographer by the name of Jeff Wheatcraft and a few other associates. As soon as they walk through the door... They're hit with this strong, pungent odor of what they say smells like a decomposing corpse. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. That'd be a big turnaround for me. (laughs) They look all over the house. They couldn't locate the origin of the smell. So they try to air the house out a little bit, and they start the investigation. 
this part of the investigation would include a lot of uh, questions that they wanted answered. So after the question started, there was this large bang coming from the attic. As we've already discussed, there was a lot of situations already dealing with the attic as far as noises and stuff like that yeah. coming out. So Jackie went to the attic area of the kitchen. She informs Dr. Taft that in this same location, inside the attic, something terrifying had just happened to her a few days earlier. She climbed up on the washing machine to look inside the attic. Now, this was one of those, um, just like an open hatch that you would move out of the way. Oh, not kind of like a ladder? It's not one of those that has a ladder that climbed down. Uh You actually just move it and climb up into it. And it was right over top of her washer. So she climbs up on this washer, basically sticks her head up through there to see what's going on. Ooh, girl, she's brave. She said there was a bloody, severed head just floating there. (laughs) (laughs) It scared her so much that she fell out of the hole, off the washing machine, and landed on the floor backwards and hurt herself. Oh, well, at least she was by the washing machine where she could throw her drawers. You know she crapped her pants. (laughs) She also said that she was constantly hounded by a blue orb of light. Hmm. So next, the team wanted to kind of get some pics of the house, just kind of see what they were dealing with. Conrad and Wheatcraft decided to go up into the attic, since that's where the activity was, and get some pictures. Taft felt like the attic was obviously the secret to whatever was going on in this house. He said it sounded like a 200-pound rat running around up there. I told you. Well, there's not no 200-pound rat. Well, is the now is the attic? Uh, does it is it got a floor in it, or is it just the joist? It's just rafters. Okay, just rafters. So Conrad and Wheatcraft are are up there in this attic. They had hoisted themselves up and some camera equipment up there. They said all they saw pretty much was some junk, some dust, and some cobwebs. Now during the time they were looking around, Jackie showed Doctor Taff some of the blood-like substance that was in the cupboard that she showed was actually oozing at the time that he was there. Mm. Which, by the way, uh, was later analyzed, and it showed that it did contain blood plasma, and it was the blood of a male with a heavy iodine and copper content. That is so weird that they can find that out. Jackie was questioned about it, and she said she knew nothing about the blood. This blood, though, or whatever the substance was, was seen by every one of the investigators oozing from a wooden cupboard. So that blood was not shy. It was like, hey, look at me. I'm a oozing up in here. Was that what I said? I hope not. <laughs> so they decided to call it a night after a few more questions. And then one of the assistants asked Jeff Wheatcraft if, if he would go up in the attic to get a few more pictures. So Barry Conrad went up there with uh, Jeff Wheatcraft to the attic, and they're taking pictures, and all of a sudden... An invisible hand grabs Jeff's 35-millimeter camera, snatches it right out of his hands, and flings it across the attic. It hit so hard that the lens went one way and the camera the other several feet away up there. I bet he wanted to slap whatever that was. Well, he was completely freaked out, but before he could even react, he was shoved by whatever it was that snatched his camera from behind. Rude. So they both jumped down from the attic. Jeff's face was pale white. And they said, hey, uh, I think we'll call it a night. So <laughs> yeah, I guess did. so. Now you move to September 4th. Jackie calls Conrad. It's after midnight. And she says, hey, there's more activity in the home. And it's 
beginning to be really hard to live there. So Barry and Jeff and an assistant photographer by the name of Gary Boheem rush to the house. They bring some new state-of-the-art equipment that they didn't have before, and unlike the other night, they were actually able to capture some masses of light. They said they were small globs of light that actually traveled across and through some rooms. They were able to film some unexplained lights zooming all over the place at this point. Now, Jeff and Gary decide they're going up to the attic again. Glutton. Jeff wanted to figure out what had happened to him a few weeks earlier when he was up there and with uh, with Barry. So they are both up here. They're snapping pictures. Gary said, hey, I think we should go on back downstairs. So they start down. Gary's, you know, kind of going down first. As he's starting to go down, he hears Jeff gasping. Gary turns around real quick. It's pitch black. He snaps a picture just so the flash would go off and he could see what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. That picture, by the way, is a very easy to find, pretty well-known picture in the paranormal world. Ooh, I want to see it. Well, I'll show it to you. All he could see when he flashed a light was the fear in Jeff's face because he was being held up to a rafter with a clothesline around his neck. How the heck? Barry, Jackie, and Susan, they're in the other room. They hear the commotion. They come running to the kitchen where the attic entrance is. They help get Jeff down, who is scared to death, literally. He's covered in spider webs and dust. He's got a red mark around his neck. Oh, my Lord. He has zero color in his face. And when he was able to talk, he said that Gary had went down first. He was getting ready to follow, and he felt someone put a rope around his neck, yank it hard to hoist him all the way up to the rafters. He was off the ground? He was off the ground. And when Gary said that when he ran back up to, to get him off, he had to lift him off of the rafter because the uh, rope was tied like around a nail that was there. Oh. So he, it was like something had pulled him up and then tied it off <gasps> so he couldn't get down. And he had to actually lift this rope off the nail to get him down. That is awful. That thing was quick, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. That would actually be the last time that Jeff Wheatcraft would ever step inside the house. Oh, well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> the activity was far from over, though. It went on for several months, just not quite as bad as it had been. It was mainly some random lights that appeared through the house, uh, some phantom voices that were still coming from the attic area. Now, of course, the horrible stench would also stick around. It wouldn't grow away. Light some candles or something. Shortly after, Jackie gets back with her husband and moves back with him into a trailer stop. in Wait, Kern stop. County, which is 380 miles north of L.A. in the town of Weldon. You mean to tell me that she went back to the thing that beat her? Yes. <gasps> Why would she do that? Because she's, I, I don't know. I'll never understand it. Why? I do not understand that at all. Maybe she thought he was better than the demon. <laughs> I don't know. But that's guess, terrible. Ladies, please don't do that. Please don't do that. So she gets back. Everything seems to be going well. She's comfortable. Uh, things are back to normal. Unfortunately, shortly after the move, her husband left her again. <sighs> My gosh. Again, she is starting over with her two children now. Then the unthinkable happens. He had, or she had a friend actually helping her move a TV out of 
uh, her house into a shed. Now, this was one of those old, big, clunky TVs, not like the ones we had today. So it took two people. Oh, I'm sure those daggone things were heavy. So she's moved it to her, uh, she share, share she shed. She. But <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even know she had a she shed. <laughs> she's moving it with this friend. They're moving out. And while they're moving it, the TV came on. It's unplugged. They're well, moving they're it. carrying it? They're outside, and the TV comes on. Holy, I would have pooped my britches. And guess what was on the screen? Oh, my God, what? The face of the old man <gasps> from the San Pedro house. Dude, he's got skills. <laughs> so then, later that night, she hears pounding coming from inside the shed. Now, she locked the door. Yeah. From the outside. But she heard pounding coming from inside the shed as if something was trying to get out. So now she's at a loss. So she calls Dr. Taff again. They make this long trip up to her new home. Because remember, she moved Mm -hmm. almost 400 miles away, basically. Of course, immediately after they arrived, things started to go wrong. None of their equipment worked. Cameras heat sensors, uh, et cetera. Whatever they had, none of it worked. If it did work, it was only for a couple minutes, and then it just quit. After these things would not cooperate, they went old school, and they broke out the Ouija board. Okay, that's probably not good. Why would they do that? Well, nothing else was working. I guess they felt like this was a tool they had. I get it, but they're coming out, they're going the wrong way. (laughs) Right? Well, the... People who are into, into paranormal investigating, they use Ouija board as a tool. They don't, they're oh. not scared of them. So. Oh. Ooh, we're so brave. So they, they began to plan a seance. Hernandez decided she was going to keep a handwritten transcript of all the questions that were asked and the answers in the event that took place. So Jackie Hernandez says that the ghost told her that he had been drowned in 1930 in San Pedro Bay. The... The spirit yeah, said that? the spirit that had been haunting her. Haunting her? I remember earlier we said there was two. Yeah, the spirits. old man, right? Yes. But that's not who this was. Oh, Lord. He said that the, his murderer lived in her old house, and he also said that there were other ghosts there besides him. He said that he tried to hang Jeff Wheatcraft because he looked just like his killer. you got to be kidding me. So after the seance, things start to kind of calm down a little bit. Now, Taft seems to think that the drowned victim that we were just speaking of was a man by the name of Herman Hendrickson, who was a 28-year-old who did drown in Sandro Bay, San Pedro Bay in 1930. Aww. Fact. I'm sorry so he that drowned. lines up with the question. Yeah. He also said that he thinks that Hernandez's stress did kind of contribute to the uh, intensity of these hauntings and poltergeists. In 1990, Jackie Hernandez and her kids moved back to L.A., where she still had some paranormal activity before it finally completely stopped over the course of three years. Oh, man. Bless her heart. All right. So he said there was two poltergeists. Okay. And we talked about the one was a 28-year-old Right. But what about the old man? Well, Jackie thinks he was the original owner of the home named John Damon. She said that one night... She went back to San Pedro and she was visiting the old house and a blue orb of light kind of shot out of the house. 
She said she followed it to a nearby cemetery, and it settled over the headstone that read John Damon. It went around and around, and then it just kind of disappeared into the grave. What? And doing some research later, she found out that the home belonged to a John Damon. Oh, my goodness. So that's... Oh, that is the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> and she's the bravest woman and the dumbest woman. All in the same business. Why you go back to that old stinking heifer that did that to her? I know women get scared and feel like they that's what they need to do, but I just feel so bad for her. What a horrible three years. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. she's such She's so brave. But I thought that was a really cool story. It is a good story. That is... So it wasn't a rat. It was not a rat. Okay, it was that makes not me a rat. feel better. Oh, I think I'd have. I think I'd rather have a demon there than a rat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, so that's our story for this week. So I hope she's good now. I hope she don't have any of that stuff going. Yeah, I haven't on. heard anything recently from her. Of course, she may be trying to lay low. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her, and hopefully, her little boy don't remember any of that. That's true. That's you know true. how horrible would that be? Tracy, would you like to do the honors of our iTunes reviews this week? Sure. All right, we have Jordan Bench, Rob Mag01, Grooming Chick, Chuck Meow. Oh, I just got what that said. Chuck, Chuck Meow. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Photo Ladyland. Thank you guys for your very, very nice reviews. We appreciate that so much. Our Patreons this week is Justin Reagan and Candace Polio. Thank you both for your support. We love the support and the iTunes reviews and Patreon. And, you know, just um, if you guys have any thoughts of something we need to do different or anything like that, please don't hesitate to tell us because um, we still have a lot to learn. But we appreciate you all so much. Absolutely. Now, like I said, I touched on earlier the uh, the new shows that are the live shows. We've added some stuff. So if you've been to one of the live events, this year's shows are going to be bigger and better. Uh, most of the shows that we're doing have four podcasts with them instead of three. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be cool. We've tried to put most of the shows into places where you can spend a whole weekend, like our Pigeon Forge show. If you've never been to Pigeon Forge, it's not really a haunted area, so to speak. They do have a, a pretty cool ghost um, tour down there, though, in, in Gatlinburg, mm -hmm. which is five minutes away yep. literally depending on traffic could be an hour but <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great place to go and we're doing that one with graveyard tales i know i'm really excited about that yeah that's gonna be a blast and then like i said some of the other ones like i said there's uh, pigeon forge is like a little mini las vegas yeah it really shows is. and stuff there are so many different activities and shows and stuff you can do down there, live uh -huh. music. It, it's a blast. If you've never been there, you will absolutely love it. And then we've got Gettysburg. If you like hauntings, how can you not want to go to Gettysburg? Absolutely. Awesome place. Savannah, Georgia. My goodness. I've always wanted to go. We've done, I bet, six different stories from Savannah mm -hmm. on here and probably could do ten more easy. And we will before the time comes. But Savannah, we're going to be down there with History Goes Bump. And we're also added 
and Justin Rimmel's going to be down there. Nice. But we added to the Charleston show with Mike Brown mm-hmm. and this show, Ashley Godwin. I know. We are so lucky to have her. We got to do some uh, uh, investigating with her at the Sally House. And Ashley was uh, a member of Ghost Hunters International that on the Sci-Fi Channel. And she's an absolute sweetheart and lives in the area. So we were lucky enough to talk her into coming to both of those shows. Yeah, I know. We're very, very grateful for that. So what are the big ones we got out there? Bobby Mackey's. I got to talk about Bobby Mackey's. We're doing something different this year. It's on a Sunday. That's the same. Last year, if you got to come, we can only have 50 people come and do the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's that's the, the only, you know, they, they can only do 25 per person. They can only give us two people to do this tour. So last year we had 50 people, but we had so many more people who wanted to come. So here's what we did. We have two different events for the exact same time at Bobby Mackey's. But what's going to happen is there is one set of tickets for $25 that there's 50 available and it's the live show and a gatekeeper paranormal who does the investigations. They're going to tell you the history of Bobby Mackey's and then we're going to go on an hour tour. And that's what we did last year. And we Mm -hmm. had so many people who wanted to come and just couldn't. But I started thinking, and I, I was telling the people of a gatekeeper last year, I was like, man, you know what we could have done? We could have sold tickets to people who wanted to come just see the show and not do the tour and give people an option because their main problem, they didn't care how many people were in there. They just could only do the tour for so many. Well, I thought when we did it that Saturday, like if we went to the show, they did like a little 30-minute tour or something. No, that's if you just go at nighttime to Bobby Mackey's. At, on, on a the, Saturday well, or yeah, something. Yeah, on a Sunday. So, but, so here's what we did. This year, so we've got 50 tickets available for $25. You get the show and the hour tour. But we also have another 50 tickets available for $10, but it does not include the tour. So you get to come in, do a little meet and greet, You'll hear, we'll do our show, they'll do their little show, and then we're not going to, Tracy and I aren't going to go on a tour, because we've been on the tours. Mm-hmm. And, but then, so then what we'll do is we'll just hang out down there in, at the uh, uh, the main floor for anybody else who wants to hang out that aren't part of the tour. Oh, cool. So you're going to get three hours either way, it's just you're stuck with us for an extra hour while they're all doing a tour. But it's only going to cost you 10 bucks rather than 25 bucks. Right. So you have an option on that one, basically. So there's 100 tickets available, 50 with a tour, 50 without, and there's a difference in price. And don't think that you can't walk around, like, on the very floor where they play the music. Yeah. Like, I mean, by the bull, because there was all kinds of, and a matter of fact, that's where I got really nauseous back there, and then some other guy got scratched right. back there. So so just for the fact that it's worth 10 bucks just to be able to come in there and hear the show and be inside Bobby Mackey's because right. it's just going to be us. Yeah, it'll no be way. cool. They're not even open. It's just oh, us. Oh, no, uh-uh. So really cool. Yeah. Um, Louisville, again, we're going to do the Louisville show, and it's going to, uh, we're going to, at the end of the night, go to Waverly. I'm not going to guarantee that we go to Waverly this year because, man, that place has got me wore out. <laughs> but we may. As the time gets closer, we'll probably decide to do it. But, yeah. Uh, and we're not affiliated with Waverly in any way, shape, or form per Tina Madeline Lee, the owner. Correct. She wanted us to make that clear <laughs> that we have no affiliation. Yeah, correct. So, But, yeah, I mean, so think about that. This year, we're doing Point Pleasant again with Hysteria 51. They're going to be part of it. And Serial Spirits 
and then uh, us and Justin Rimmel's coming to that one, Mysterious Circumstances. So that's another one's going to have four podcasts. Savannah's going to have four. Gettysburg we're doing with uh, Justin Rimmel, uh, Dina Maria of Twisted Philly, us, and Brohio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's four all over the place. You're going to get your money's worth. This yeah, year. definitely. And on top of that, we, uh, so like I said, but think about this before we get into that. All these places that are haunted destinations, Charleston, known for ghosts. Savannah, one of the most haunted places. Then you've got uh, Point Pleasant, home of the Mothman. We're doing that one actually during the Mothman Festival this mm-hmm. year. We missed it by a couple weeks last year. This yeah. year, we're doing it. So when you come there, you get to be part of the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, uh, like I said, just all these different places, man. Gettysburg, they're all places where you would want to come and spend a weekend. Yeah. So we did that purposely. Also, what we're doing, which we'll be trying out tomorrow, hoping for not a disaster like we had in our house last night. Oh, we, Lord. We have added to the stage show. Now, you know, before you come, the lights are all on and everything, and it's really not very intimate. This year's shows, the lights will be off. The stage lighting will be on over top of the table. And we'll have some mood lighting, maybe a little fog. We've got some added stuff to put on the table to make it look a little creepy. But you're going to be in a theater-type setting this year. It's going to be mood lighting with the stage light on. And it's going. you're going to feel like you're at a show. You're not going to feel like you're just in a hall with the lights on. And with that being said, if anybody has, like, if lights that go off, like, not so much strobe light or whatever, anything like that, but if that bothers you for any reason, please let us know. Um but we just want you to know that that's going to be there because we don't want you to come in and then all it's, these... But it's not it's not strobe lights. And no, no, no. It's not strobe lights at all. It's just lights that are going around. But yeah, you know. it's just like disco ball lights. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'd just like to mention that just in case that bothers somebody. Just, they can come in after the fact. And that's just going to be during introductions yeah, and stuff that's like all. that. It's not mm-hmm. going on the whole time. It's just a little bit of flair for the introductions. Right. Yeah. But no strobe lights. No, no, no. So, but we're excited. We can't wait to see you guys again. Yep, it's going to be fun. This, this has is, been a, a this, crazy year. I was just telling Jerry, I was like, dude, this where did the year even go? Because we have been having so much fun traveling, and, you know, we feel very fortunate that we could do that. But now it's like almost Christmas time already. I'm like, what, <laughs> what the heck? But Can we get through Halloween first? I know, I know but I'm excited. So, so anyway, but yeah, that's the that's the reality. We just keep putting more and more into making these shows more of an event. Yeah. So and it's always so much fun with you guys. Right. That's what we do. We do it for you guys. We don't want you to just come to a show. We want you to come have an experience. Yeah, of course. So, well, that's almost Halloween. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. And get ready, buckle up because it's going to be a busy week for shows for you. Yeah, and hope y'all have a wonderful Halloween coming up. <laughs>